Bible coffee talk. Valley Dentier. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Bible Coffee Talk with me, Allie Benfield. I'm so happy you're tuning in. I hope you're well and living your best life for Jesus Christ. On my podcast, we talk about subjects that some, if not most of us, are going through, dealing with, or just want more information about. But we apply the Bible and our love for our Savior, Jesus Christ, hoping that it will enrich our lives and help us as we walk righteously in obedience with the Holy Spirit. And we do it while enjoying a hot cup of coffee together. Because after all, this is a fellowship between friends. Am I right? So grab your coffee and your Bible and let's learn more about Jesus Christ together. Sound good? Awesome. Let's dive in. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me today on Bible Coffee Talk with me, Allie Benfield. I'm so glad you've stopped by. Today, I am drinking a vanilla biscotti coffee. (laughs) And it's delicious. For the last little while, I've kind of been bouncing around from different Keurig flavors thinking, oh, I'll try this one. I'll try this one. But I always somehow seem to come back to my vanilla biscotti, and it's delicious. It really is familiar. It's comfortable. It's tasty and delicious. And I think it's really appropriate for today's podcast. Just I needed something a little familiar. I am not with Justin today. We are not doing our um, Bible Clarity version. Uh, this this one is all on me, and I tell you why. Uh, I really felt the Holy Spirit stirring with me. Oh, when I say stirring, I mean like he was like whipping that mixing bowl around going, get up and do this podcast. You need to do this podcast. There's people that need to hear it. And when he does that, it's like... It's like this little spark set to this dry, dry timber. And it's like, whoosh, it just goes up in flames. And that's how I was. I was like, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Lord, help me. I anointed myself with oil, I prayed. And before you know it, it was, it was like biblical verbal diarrhea. It was like everything was coming out. I didn't know where to get these scriptures. I didn't know where to get these verses from. It was like, what? <laughs> I love it when that happens because I can clearly see when the Holy Spirit is absolutely working through me. He's got something that needs to be said and he says it. And I love that. I I really do love that. So the whole topic behind, you know, uneducated Christians, I was kind of going through my um, fake book and I know that I had said that I'm kind of taking a break and I, I have been. But when I go on to post my podcast videos to my Facebook account, Sometimes I kind of see the memories, and I know that you all get those as well. Now, one of the things that I had seen was a post that uh, I had made, and the post was actually about um, hell. Yeah, it was about hell. And it was about, you know, how do you know um, that you're, that, that the fires of hell are burning? And there was more to it, but... The, the the whole gist of it was, you know, what is hell like? And somebody made a comment um, correcting another Christian. It was like, okay, so there's Christian 1 and there's Christian 2. Christian 1 had made a comment on this post that I had made. Everything was biblical. Everything that they had said was like they were giving scripture to back up what they were saying. There were no hidden agendas. There was nothing personal. There was no... Um, Uh, opinions or anything like that. It was just everything was like, boom, from the Bible. And I checked. (laughs) I I tend to do that. I I went to my Bible, I cracked it open, I had a look, and I'm like, yep, it says that there. Yep, it says that there too. 
Now, I'm the reason why I'm saying Christian one and Christian two is because I don't believe in naming names. I don't want to shun anybody. I don't, even though the Bible says we're to do that, I just think that it's important to not humiliate someone because that's not Christ-like love. We're supposed to teach for the the kingdom of of heaven. We're supposed to lead people closer to the Lord, not drive them away. That's what I personally believe. So by my naming names is going to humiliate them, probably out them, and I don't want to do that. Not that I'm friends with them because we are no longer friends just because there are a complete different belief system in the Lord. I believe that my faith is a personal one, that you know Jesus Christ died on the cross, that God gave his one and only son in a love sacrifice so that I wouldn't be separated from him in love. And everything is love. Yes, you know, um, God can't stand sin. I get that. I'm not disputing that. But I teach from a loving standpoint, a Christ-like standpoint. I would rather have somebody come to know the Lord through love than by my screaming at them that they're going to burn in hell. That, you know, you better not do this or you're going to burn. And you better believe or you're going to burn. Or you better do this or you're going to get cast into the lake of fire. And you're going to burn forever. And once you're there, you're never getting out. I don't agree with that. I really don't. Anyways, so here back to my post. Christian one had, you know, was making all these different um, comments. And everyone, as I said, was biblical. Then you get Christian two. And right off the bat, they're saying, you know, um, none of us have, have been to hell. So you don't know what you're saying is, is for sure. And the thing that got me with this is that this was a post from a year ago. How I didn't see this, this is why I don't like Facebook, is because Facebook... Um, you can get caught up in a lot of the drama, a lot of the garbage that goes on there. And that's not what God wants for us. Yes, we're supposed to teach. And yes, Facebook is a platform that a lot of people can turn away. I get that. I used to be huge on posting for all over for the Lord on my Facebook. It wasn't mine. It was for the Lord. That That's what it, my whole mentality. Every friend I had was Christian. You know, all the content was Christian. It was Bible verses. It was to lead, aid, direct, and teach. That's all my Facebook was for. Now, this this question is saying uh, that there will be weeping and gnashing and teeth in hell. What makes you think that there won't be physical torture of your soul in hell? What will all that gnashing and wailing be about? We mustn't create a false image of hell in our minds just because we don't believe that being torn apart is happening in hell. It's called hell for a reason. Like I said, we cannot be deceived. And for the record, hell is a place where the soul will be tortured by demons. Do not be deceived. Wrong wrong, 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 wrong. I just have to be like all over this, you know, with my little stamper that says wrong and rejected. And that is incorrect. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Let these words be from you. Okay. (laughs) First thing I just want to say is, um, what makes me think that there won't be physical torture in hell? (sighs) I don't know what God she's serving, but I serve a loving God. A God, like I said, who sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me. To take away my sins. If he died on the cross for me to take my sins away, then my faith is in him. And if he didn't do that, then what is all this for? So that, boom, gone. Get that right out of the way. Swipe to the left. Okay. Hell is called hell for a reason. Yes, you're right, it is. But like you kept saying, you know, uh, Christian number two, that we cannot be deceived and do not be deceived. 
Hell is not a place <laughs> where the soul is tortured, uh, nor is it a place where demons are torturing us. Like, I gotta ask the question, has anybody, <laughs> you know, these, these uneducated Christians, have you read the Bible or do you cherry pick? Because that's what it's, that's what it sounds like to me. When you cherry pick from the Bible, when you, when you take certain scriptures and twist them to suit your needs, that's sinful. What you're doing is sinful because you're, you're only taking a portion of the Bible that is to be used for the greater part. You're supposed to read the before and the after to know the whole context. Let me put it this way. You're going somewhere. You've never been there before. Now, I could just say it's three blocks up on Young Street, right? <laughs> Young Street is a long street. Do you know three blocks up from Young Street? That means nothing. Nothing. You would have to go before that one little sentence I said and after to get a proper context. So it would be, if you want to come to my house, you're going to have to travel from where you are and get to Young Street. Boom. It's three blocks up from Young Street. That was my original sentence. Follow up. If you go to, you know, point A to point B on the corner and you go three blocks from there, you'll be at my house. I'll be outside waiting with open arms. There, you have the whole context from beginning to end. You can't take a portion of, of scripture out and just kind of fit it in wherever you think it, it belongs. <sighs> okay, so again, because we're talking about hell, the question is, is hell everlasting? Because that's, that's, I think, a question a lot of us want to know. Everlasting, um, the Bible actually says in Matthew 25, verse 46, These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Mark 9, verse 43, And if your hand makes you sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter in, into life maimed than having two hands to go to hell, into the fire that shall be never quenched. Revelation 14:11 says, "And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever." Okay. So, before we make a Bible doctrine from these verses, we need to see if there are other verses that speak of the punishment of the wicked. So, in Malachi 4 verse 1 and 3, "For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, elude wickedly, shall be as stubble, and the day that is coming shall burn them up." says the Lord of hosts, that shall leave them neither root nor branch. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. Boom! There's another one. Beginning, middle, end. The whole context right there. It says, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven. It doesn't say that hell is burning right now. So these Christians, these uneducated Christians that are teaching you that, you know, hell is burning right now and there are lost souls and the unbeliever that are being tortured right now, wishing that they had had another chance to repent or to have heard the message and listen to it. That's garbage. Hell is not burning right now. The Bible says so. The Bible says so. And it says it a second time in that one piece of scripture I read in Malachi 4 verse 1 and 3. And I just, I'm reading from the um, King James Version Bible again. But if you have the NIV Bible, it might be a little different. So just to clarify that right up front, I just want to, you know, full disclosure, what I'm reading and, and how I get my information comes strictly from the Bible. And it says at the very beginning, for behold, the day is coming, 
blah, 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 go down to the next sentence and it says, and the day that is coming shall burn them up. So the day that is coming, it doesn't say the day's here. It doesn't say that those people are burning now or have been burned, burning for, you know, centuries and millennia. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. These verses tell us that the wicked will be burned up, burned to ashes. So another place in the Bible, it says in Psalms 37, verses 10 and 11, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look diligently for his place, but it shall be no more. When something is no more, it means it's gone. Like if, if you, were, you and I were having coffee right now, we're sitting here having coffee, and you, you just got up and left then you would be no more in my presence. You would be no more in my house. You would be no more. You would be gone. That's what this verse is talking about. You know, in a little while, the wicked shall be no more. Jude chapter 7 makes this subject very plain. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay, so Sodom and Gomorrah are not burning today. They're not. I mean, where, pardon me. <laughs> so where, where in all the world, I mean, I know that there's, you know, um, people who have mapped out where uh, Sodom and Gomorrah lay in, in the desert, so forth. Do you see them burning? Are they still burning today in an internal fire? The Bible says they suffered the vengeance of eternal fire. So how can this be explained? It means that these cities were completely burned until there was nothing left. Back to the point I had made. When you're here and then you leave, you're no more. So here, Sodom and Gomorrah are no more. What does everlasting then mean? There's another way to determine the meaning of the word eternal or everlasting. In English, these words mean that the fire will go on forever. But... And I do throw in this word, but in the Greek translation, it has a totally different meaning. When the adjective, okay, bear with me because I'm throwing out a Greek word here and I'm not Greek, nor do I speak it. Anianos, A-I-O-N-I-O-S, meaning everlasting is used in Greek with nouns of action. It has reference to the result of the act not the process. The phrase everlasting punishment is comparable to everlasting redemption and everlasting salvation, both scriptural phrases. No one supposes that we are being redeemed or saved forever. We are redeemed once and saved once and for all by Christ with eternal results. In the same way, the lost will not be passing through the process of punishment forever, but will be punished once and for all with eternal results. On the other hand, the noun life is not a noun of action, but a noun of expressing a state. Thus, life itself is eternal. Okay? So, I just want to say that God is love. 1 John 4 verse 8 says, God is love. He loves his enemies. As the soldiers were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed for them. <laughs> could you do that? I, I don't know if I could. If, I'm being, if I had been brutally, brutally beaten to the point where I was unrecognizable, I had been, you know, scourged 39 times 
with skin and flesh just hanging off of me. And then I was nailed to a cross and had all the sins of the world, the world over, from the beginning of time to the end of time. I honestly, yeah, I'm going to go on a limb here and say, that's a big no. I would not be praying for anybody. I would be like, help, <laughs> help, help me, please. But Jesus prayed. He prayed and asked, you know, his father to forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23, verse 34 says, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn. Turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Ezekiel 33, verse 11. God cannot allow sin, crime, and violence to continue to cause suffering and death in this world, but he is not one to torture his children. He's not. And if you're teaching that, you're teaching a God of not love. God gave his son for us so that we wouldn't perish. He's not about to do the one thing that Christ did to save us by killing us. Yes, sin cannot be anywhere near God. And, and that's what he kills in the lake of fire. When you go, when, when the day of um, judgment comes and you're judged and, and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Then when he casts you into the lake of fire, there. <laughs> I have a hard time snapping. There we go. Like that, you are gone. But so is your sin. So is your sin. He's not one to torture his children. And I just, I, I can't reiterate that enough, that the, 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 the teaching that you're teaching of Jesus is against who he is. He loves you, man. He died for you willingly. Willingly, he took your place. He didn't have to. Do you know why he did it? He did it because of the insane amount of love he has for you, man. So he does the most loving thing he can do. He destroys wicked people eternally. The Bible says he will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up for the second time. Nahum verse 1 and 9. <sighs> okay, I just want to say that, you know... My question is, after the return of Jesus Christ, he gathers up the elect. Those sleeping in the grave first, followed by the rest of us living, after the feast of the Lamb and the destruction of the world, after the thousand-year reign of our Lord Jesus Christ in the New Jerusalem, then Satan and his angels are cast into the lake of fire. Demons are not torturing unbelievers <laughs> in hell. That's not going to happen. And by teaching that, you're propagating fear in the people instead of teaching them what the Bible says. God is love. God loves us. God loves us. Yes, he can't stand the sin. Definitely repent from the sin. I'm not saying don't. I'm not. What I'm saying is a child will learn best when they're taught out of love, not by fear. You get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. You're going to get more souls for the kingdom of the Lord if you just teach what he gave us in the Bible to teach, that he is love, that he gave his son to die for us because he loves us. By teaching that you're, you're essentially, yes, you know, you either follow Jesus Christ, you know, God, and, and you accept Jesus Christ as his Lord, and our Lord and Savior, into your heart. If, if you don't, you'll end up dying. But there's a better way of saying that. God didn't come right out and say, you know, I hate you. And because if you don't follow me, then I'm going to cast you into. He doesn't say that. He never says, I hate you. And he hates the sin. 
He hates the the behavior that takes you away from him because he wants you with him so much that he bridged that gap with Jesus Christ's death. <sighs> After the thousand uh, year reign of Jesus Christ, it's then that Satan and his angels are cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20 verse 10 says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So, <laughs> I just I just really wanted to, to come on here and say to you people, you know, <sighs> I don't know what you're hearing. I don't know who you're hearing it from. And there's lots of people that claim to know the Lord and live for the Lord and love the Lord and, and they love him so much that they'd will be willing to live for him and die for him. You have to apply the Bible to everything, especially in these last days, because <laughs> let me just tell you that we are in these last days. It's it's like a whisper in a uh, windstorm. It's useless. Unless we hold on to Jesus Christ, that's the only way we're going to survive. The absolute only way. If you, if you have a chance, I don't know if you have a Bible, get a Bible. If you can't get a Bible, go online and, and read an app from a Bible. Uh, I would suggest the King James Version Bible, and there's lots of different ones out there. There's there's a couple really really good ones that allow you to cross reference, you know, Hebrew words to English and Greek words to English, so that you know. I mean, I've said this before. The word smote. How many people have read that in the Bible about, you know, they smote Jesus? Do you know what smote is? That you don't. Smote means to to do such damage that it becomes unrecognizable, to bring almost to the brink of death. But you wouldn't have known that. So some of these Bible apps are really, really good. And they actually, if you don't know a word, you can kind of highlight it, go through, and it will bring up the, the actual word meant in the day, whether it's Hebrew, Greek, or English. So that's that's really good. Um, I would suggest that you don't take anybody else's word for it. Don't, because that's a dangerous thing to do. You see these people, especially all over Facebook, and I fell victim to it too. These people that, you know, they do nothing but literally spread, I'm going to say hate, Bible hate, because that's what it technically is. When you're saying that somebody's going to go to hell, they better repent, they better repent. You know what? <laughs> In any of your message, do you teach these, and I'm speaking directly to these, you know, these uneducated Christians, do you ever speak about the love of Jesus Christ and when, when you're trying to get somebody new? Because I promise you that if you were to actually talk about the love of Jesus Christ and actually open up and say what the Bible says, you'll get more people coming to the kingdom of heaven than you will ever by screaming at somebody in their face, you know, on the street. And, and there's people that do that too. They take their little speaker and they're like, you better repent and, you know, give up your evil ways, you evil people. You know what? When you have an unbeliever that's never heard of Jesus Christ, that kind of is stuck in their own ways, the last thing they're going to want is to hear someone pointing at them and screaming how evil they are. Even though they need a big awakening, that's that's true. Nobody needs a finger pointed in their face and being called evil and repent and the time is near and you're going to burn if you don't turn away from your sin. That's not going to save souls for the kingdom of God. In fact, what you're doing is you're pushing people further away because they're thinking, what a whack job. <laughs> I, I can't get on board with this. Like I thought God was about love and 
what I'd heard was God's about love. And yes, I've kind of stepped away, but this kid or this person or this man or whoever it is, is screaming that I'm going to burn in hell and that I better repent and that I'm evil. That's not the God I know. So I'm going to take a hard pass on this. And you're driving someone away from the love of Jesus Christ. Good for you. I hope you're proud of yourself. I just needed a sip of coffee. I encourage you to have one yourself. So, again, I think that if someone were to say, you know, maybe me on a different corner. Jesus Christ loves you. You tell me if there's a difference. Okay? So, you got one person over here. Street corner A. You better repent. The time is near. You're going to roast in hell. God is going to separate you and throw you into hell for all eternity. And you, once you're there, you're never getting out. You sinners, you evil people, walk away from your evil sins. You're drowning in it. And God will not have you in his kingdom if you're sinning. You sinner, you idolaters, you adulterers, you... Okay, so that's, that's street corner A, okay? Then you have street corner B. Jesus loves you. Jesus allowed himself to take your place on the cross because he loves you, because he does not want to be separated from you. Jesus Christ loves you. He wants you with him. That's why he gave himself. Can I talk to you about the love of Jesus Christ? Because he loves you so, so much. And he knows everything that you're going through. And if you just call out to him, he's right there. If you acknowledge him, he will acknowledge you. Talk to him. Can I help you to pray? Can I help you to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you see a difference between those two approaches? Right? One is going to maybe great gain the interest of someone to say, you know what? I kind of led a very sinful life and, and there has to be something more to this. And I've been wondering about what else is out there. So yes, I'm going to give this a chance. You know, can, can I talk to you about Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Can I get you a coffee? Do you want to go for a coffee? <laughs> Everything kind of hinges on coffee with me, even my podcast. So, <laughs> And then the other one who's screaming in people's faces, pointing their fingers, screaming in this like um, this box, this microphone that's like projectiling, projectiling their voices for like a quite a ways. I wouldn't want to go near that person. I really wouldn't. And... I just, I encourage whoever's listening to this, who's doing that, stop, stop, take, take account into what you're doing and how best to serve the kingdom of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you because I promise you that what you're doing is on your own agenda. It's not the Holy Spirit and you're not winning souls for the kingdom. You're in fact doing more damage than good. And when you do good for the kingdom of God and you're helping to spread his message so that all here and so everybody has a chance to come to him, that my friends, that is when Jesus Christ will return is when the message spreads throughout the world so that all will hear it. So that all have a chance to come to him. So that all have a chance to be saved. You screaming, sending someone running for the other side of the street instead of closer to you to hear the message. That's doing nothing. You're doing nothing. The Holy Spirit's not going to work through that because you're making a mess out of things. The Holy Spirit wants you to preach the Bible. To preach the love of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ. To gain souls for the kingdom of heaven. That's it. And if you're not educated enough to know what you're doing and you're giving out misinformation about what hell is like and what the end times are like, then I suggest you better sit down and let somebody who 
is educated and who does know their Bible take your place. Because I promise you what you're doing is not satisfying nor is it pleasing to the Lord. What you're doing is you're grieving the Holy Spirit's heart because you're undoing <laughs> what so many Christians are trying to do. And that's spread the love and the message of Jesus Christ. And you're giving the rest of us a bad name in the name of the Lord. So you're making it twice as hard for us to spread the message of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice that he gave for us. You're making it hard because as much as you're screaming at people and you're plastering all over your cars, you know, repent, repent, you better repent, you sinners. And again, I'm not saying don't repent. That's, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a way of going about to win souls for the kingdom of heaven. And if you don't know what you're talking about, don't go cherry picking. Don't pick little scriptures, you know, here and there that best apply to what it is you're trying to talk because it makes you feel good and all the warm and fuzzy feelings inside. Sit down. Sit down. If you have a head for business, go do business. Worship God on your own, but go do business. If you have a head for math or gardening or whatever, I suggest you go do those things and, and have a private worship time alone with the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and leave the teaching and the leading to those who know what they're doing. Because when you get into teaching someone incorrectly from the Bible, uh, there are consequences for that. And I tell you, you think you're doing good, but you're actually doing a lot of damage and you will be held accountable for that. So instead of, you know, putting your hand in multiple different, you know, pots of the kingdom, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to do a YouTube channel and I'm going to go on the street corner and start screaming at people through my loudspeaker and I'm going to, you know, do all kinds of little books and I'm going to have a Bible study and I'm going to do the, unless you know what you're doing and talking about, don't do any of those things. I just, I suggest you don't because when you come across as, um, knowing it all, you come across as arrogant and arrogance is a sin. So <laughs> put your pride aside. Uh, you might need to do some, some inward reflection, uh, ask the Holy Spirit for discernmentship to help you. Um, and if you don't, that's, that's entirely up to you. But again, that's when pride comes in and arrogance and, and vanity. And again, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. You really are. And, I got to say that, you know, when, when we have these, these moments of clarity, when the Holy Spirit comes and talks to us and says, okay, so, um, this is what I want you to, to, to teach and you do it. The Holy Spirit blesses you for your obedience and your faithfulness, you know, practice what you preach or change your speech <laughs> because if you're not living for, for what you're doing and you're doing something else, then that makes you a hypocrite. Right. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm just, and I've, I've said this and I've had a lot of Christian friends, uh, remove themselves, uh, from my, um, my friendship from my Facebook and <laughs> that's totally fine. I, I kind of laugh at that because I think, you know, when the fake Christians remove themselves, uh, that just means I, I'm doing something right. Uh, I rejoice, I pray, um, and speaking the truth and exposing evil and and the sin of others, uh, if that's considered bashing, then, you know, if that's how you look at it, then you're a lukewarm Christian. You really should take it to the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you to open your eyes, to take the chains off so that you can properly hear the message of the Lord. 
you know, many people want the blessings of God. They just don't want the correction that goes along with this kingdom. And again, that's when you get the pride and you get the stubbornness and you get the, the arrogance that come in. Oh, I know what the Bible says. And I, do you? Because I happen to know for a fact the Bible says that, you know, when you, when you take things to prayer, when you, when you go to the Lord, he's, he's there. He will help you. So if you're just going to do things on your own, then again, wrong ministry to be in. Uh, there's, there's a highway to hell and only a stairway to heaven. And that should say a lot about the anticipated traffic at the end times. You know, if you're, if you're wanting, you know, the, the recognition, you know, the likes, the, the glory, the thumbs up, you know, the people making comments saying, amen, all over your Facebook wall, you know, people, you know, listening to your podcasts or, you know, the subscribers to your YouTube channel, <laughs> you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You really are. First and foremost, it should be about Jesus Christ. That's why I do a podcast. I don't want to be seen. I don't want someone to be staring at me and saying, you know, she's got nice complexion, but you know what? She's kind of dull looking and her hair's kind of flat. If she were to, I don't want that. And I don't want to have to do my hair and I don't want to have to do my makeup a certain specific way and get all dolled up and all dressed up. That's not me. That's not natural. That's not who I am. That's that's putting a spotlight on me, and I would much rather put the spotlight on the Holy Spirit. So, the, again, I guess the question that I would ask was, um, where do you spend more of your time? It's a valid question. Do you spend most of your time on Facebook or in God's book? Because if you're spending a lot of your time on Facebook regurgitating the same Bible crap that you've picked from instead of actually going through and saying, hold on, instead of this one little, and it's not Bible crap. I'm, I'm not saying the Bible's crap. I'm just saying people have a way of misconstruing, adding their own words, diluting it, you know, to, to fit their, um, you know, watering it down to fit their own agenda. That's the Bible crap I'm talking about. The Bible that God gave me, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not crap. That is the living bread. That's the living water. That is my life. You know, your words must, must match the actions and the actions to our words or else we're just like the sheep of the world and we're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to be different. By doing this, you know, by, by exposing these people, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of people angry with me and that's okay. You know what? They hated Jesus first, and because I stand up for, for him, they're probably going to hate me, and that's fine. I'm used to the liars and the fake actors, and, and you know what? I just say, you know, thank you, Lord, for the doors you open and for the doors you close, for the people you bring into my life and for those you remove. And I just got to say, with those who he has removed, at the time I was kind of like bummed out thinking, you know, what? <laughs> I didn't really see that coming until you take a step back and you, you take it to the Holy Spirit and he reveals to you, you know, Allison, that person, they weren't, they weren't blessing your life. They were a hindrance. They were teaching you incorrectly. They were misleading you just like they're misleading a lot of other people. And they, they have an argumentative spirit. They just, they want to argue. They want to, you know, point a finger in your face. And the minute you disagree or challenge them, boom, that's when they block you. That's when they come at you and say, you know what? you're not the good Christian and you're being misled and you have, you know, Satan inside of you. And I just want to say like, <laughs> sit down, Karen. <laughs> Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training 
in righteousness. And that is 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. If you want the Holy Spirit, go to the Bible. If you want the love of Jesus Christ in your life, go to the Bible. The Bible has all the answers. If you are struggling with something and you can't find that word in the Bible, then look at all the different characteristics around that word. So if fear. Well, there's other words for fear. Fear is definitely mentioned in the Bible, but there's that was just an example. But there's other words to describe fear. Suicide is not mentioned in the Bible, but we know firsthand that Judas Iscariot hung himself because he betrayed Jesus. You look at Samson, he took out the the pillars, you know, with I think what was it, 300 people? He t he killed them all and himself. So even though you won't see or read about suicide in the Bible, it mentions it. You just have to know where to look. Do everything out of faith and nothing out of fear. God has a way of rewarding you when faith is done as a motivator. You know, I just want to say that Jesus Christ is is um, my Lord and Savior. I have accepted him into my heart. I live by his, his Bible. I try to live as Christ-like as I can, displaying to those what I want in return. So if I want kindness, if I want love, if I want um, gentleness or forgiveness, then I am that way towards other people. And I think those who know me can vouch for me and say, yeah, that's pretty true, that I don't give what I don't expect to get back. Um, I'm not one to, to get angry until I get to a point. And when I get to that point, I usually slip away or I pray to, you know, to God and ask him to help me, to give me strength, to give me courage. You know, the falling away in 2 Thessalonians 2, talk about the false gospel, the false Christ, the sinful churches, you know, the ear-tickling messages, the corrupt Bible teachers, you know, the mergers with, you know, the Vatican, the true uh, churches that are being persecuted, there's prosperity Christians that are out there just like, yeah, down your throat, yoga in churches and witchcraft and the false prophets and the and uh, apostles. I just had a sister and I just want to, she knows who she is if she's listening. Uh, I probably, I know she is, um, say to me that things in Manitoba are really bad right now. They are really, really bad in Manitoba, Canada. And I'm sure they're like that and growing worse all over the world. And these are the end days that we're living in. Do you honestly want to be without Jesus Christ? And so I, I put this out there to you that, you know what, Jesus died on the cross for you. He loves you. He wants you with him. That's why he gave his life for you, so that you would have e eternal life with him. So that, you know, one day you and he can walk down the streets of gold. Yes, that's a thing. <laughs> it's the book of Revelation. It talks about the, the streets of gold and, you know, go there. Go there. It's It's... I just, I want to say that, you know, when we talk about, um, um, when we talk about going to heaven, you know, it's, it's, there's no sadness, there's no tears, there's no, you know, anger, there's none of that, it's beautiful, and Jesus is the only one who will get your tough sins out, he will, if you ask him, if you say, you know, Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner, and, you know, I've made tons of mistakes in my life. And I just ask you to take it all and to wash me in your blood so that I'm white as snow. He'll do it. He'll do it. You know, I, I just, you will, will get a free trip to heaven if you crack your Bible open and read it. Because <laughs> if you read the Bible, it will sink into who you are. It will sink into your, your mind and your heart. And it will transform you. The Holy Spirit will transform you. And... If you live by the Bible, 
and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, then the free trip to heaven, <laughs> you've just been given like the best trip ever. Because really, we're, we're just foreigners here. We really are. You know, and iron sharpens iron. So if you know of, you know, a Christian brother or sister who's kind of going through something, they're going through some sort of spiritual um, uh, warfare, can, can I just encourage you to encourage them? Because you know what? Having a brother or sister in the Lord encourage someone who's going through something like that is a true blessing. And you'll be rewarded for it. You really will. Proverbs, um, I think it's 27 verse, is it 30? 47? I think that's what it is. Sharpen, iron, sharpen. Sorry, iron sharpens iron. <laughs> a little dyslexic there. And one man sharpens another. And and that's what we're to do. We're supposed to encourage one another, uplift one another, you know, help each other in the Lord. Because that's, we need that. We, we really do need that. You know, I bet you didn't know that um, in 2020, the most washed body part was the hands. <laughs> with the whole coronavirus going on and, and the pandemic, you know, it was, I had read that it was the number one most washed body part last year in 2020. It was the hands. But I tend to believe that it's the brain. And a lot of people were brain washed, that they, they listen to a lot of the, the things that they shouldn't. They, you know, read a lot of content that they shouldn't. They hear a lot of people who are supposed to be Christian talk a lot of garbage. And I just got to say, be careful. You know, what you listen to, what you see, what you read, what you hear, all of that is food. It's food for the soul. <sighs> Feed your mind and your body and your soul food from the Lord. The Word, the Bible, is that's the living bread, man, and the living water. And I just, I encourage you, you know, if you don't know who Jesus is, can I introduce you to him? Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and He came to earth to um, to die for you, to take all your sins, every bad thing you've done, everything that you've said that has hurt somebody else, everything that is a sin, He took from you and took your place on that cross so that you, if you acknowledge Him as your Lord and Savior, into your heart, with your mouth confess that He is Lord, you get that one-way free ticket to heaven. You get to be with Jesus Christ. You get to talk to Moses in heaven and Ruth and and Job and all these Bible characters that you read about in the Bible. You get to talk to them and meet all these other Christians that are praying for you. Can I can I ask you just to say this prayer with me? Lord Jesus Christ, I am a sinner. I'm sorry for hurting and grieving your heart in my sins. I ask you to live in me and through me. I ask you to make me a new person, a new creation in you. Teach me and lead me where you want me to go, Lord Jesus. I surrender all to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Wow. Well, welcome to the family. Woo! Wow. Welcome, welcome. If you just said that prayer, can I ask you to message me? If you message me on my Facebook account through my messenger, just look up Allie Benfield. I see those messages. I am not on all the time on Facebook. Pretty much just to post my podcasts too. 
Um, I have a lot of friends on there or just to, to chit chat on messenger. Uh, if you want to reach out to Justin or I through our email, Bible coffee talk, B I B L E C A W F E E T A L K at gmail.com. Please message me. I have a little gift that I would like to mail to you. So I encourage you to reach out. You need prayers. If you need, um, if you just want to share your testimony, if you just need a Christian you know, brother or sister in the Lord, Justin and I are here for you. That free gift that I'm talking about, I would like to mail you a Bible. Um, so if you can, you know, get back to me and, and let me know, um, you know, that you've said that prayer, that would be great. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's fine too, because I know that the Holy Spirit will bring this message to who needs to hear it. And praise God for that. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and he's coming back soon. He lives in me. He lives in you. He lives in all of us. If only we would just acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior. What a, what a glorious, everlasting life we have. Okay, guys, so I just want to reiterate that uh, Justin's favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, I know it's for I have, for I know the plans I have for you, the plans to prosper you and not bring evil. Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> and mine is uh, first, sorry, Joshua 1 verse 9. And I'm going to just, it's my favorite verse and I always forget it just because I have so many other scriptures in my head. So Joshua 1 9, I have it here. It says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. Amen. I love that verse. I love that verse. That's amazing. That's am He's with us no matter what we face, no matter what hardships, no matter what um, commodities are, are around us, no matter who is opposed to us. You know, psh, okay. <laughs> so long as I have Jesus Christ by me, I am okay. I am sitting pretty in the Lord. Anyways, guys, so that's it for my podcast. Uh, Justin and I will be doing a uh, Bible Clarity couples discussion tomorrow, so look out for that. And, uh, yeah, that's it for now. Enjoy your coffee. Enjoy the rest of your day or your evening. Uh, hand it all over to Jesus, man. He will take it, and he will help you and bless you for it. Take care for now, guys. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you for taking this time with me today to fellowship and learn more about our wonderful Heavenly Father, His perfect Son, Jesus Christ, and the incredible Holy Spirit as we apply the Bible to our lives and our faith. I hope that what you heard today has touched your heart and is tended to administered by the Holy Spirit. I pray that He fills you with His discernmentship and understanding so that the words of the Bible imprint on your heart with meaning and worth. Until we're again together fellowshipping over coffee, this is Ali Benfield signing off. Bye for now, guys. Bible coffee talk. What? You're still here? Podcast over. Go home. Go. Cool.